gospel message. Today's gospel message is titled Good Soil. Good Soil. So we're all familiar with the parable of the sower. And in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that parable is told by Jesus to those who had gathered to listen. And the end of that parable talks about the seed that the sower threw that fell on good ground or on good soil and it sprang up and bore fruit even up to a hundredfold and that was compared to the seed that fell by the wayside and got trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it then the ones that fell upon a rock and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture and some that fell on the thorns and the thorns choked it. But then some fell on good soil and those that fell on good soil or good ground, it sprang up and bore good fruit. And when our Lord Jesus gave the interpretation of that parable he said that the ones that fell by the wayside are those that when they hear the word the enemy comes and takes the word out of their hearts lest they would believe it and be saved and those that fell on the rock were those that when they hear the word of God, they receive it with joy and with gladness and with a lot of enthusiasm, but they have no root and they believe for a while, but in the time of temptation, they fall away. And then those that fell among the thorns are they which when they heard the word, they go forth, but then they are choked with the cares of this world. And the cares of the world, you know, strangle or choke the word in us. And it is not effective. Therefore, it is not able to produce good fruit. But then those that fell on the good soil or on the good ground, are they which, as the Bible says, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it and they bring forth fruit and patience. I'm sorry, with patience. And it brings forth fruit with patience. So it, it's in that interpretation, it says, they which in an honest and good heart keep the word with an honest and good heart they keep the word so 
how does our soil become good? And that was the question I was asking, saying, okay, we understand what the effects of the different types of soil are, but how does this soil become good? And it's very interesting that it goes again straight to the heart. The interpretation that the Lord gave said, they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it. And I was thinking about that, you know, good soil. Think about farming, you know. I'm sure all of us have seen farming. If we haven't planted something ourselves, I'm sure we've seen it done and we have a pretty good idea of what it entails. The soil, in order to produce a good crop, a good harvest, it starts with the soil. The soil has to be in a certain condition that makes it conducive to be able to receive this seed, this seed to be able to now open up, germinate, take root, and then grow into a healthy, thriving plant or crop that will then produce yield, produce fruit. But it starts with the soil. It starts with the soil and the seed. Those are the two most important qualities. The seed we already know is good because the seed is the word of God and the word of God is perfect. No flaw, untainted. So the seed, check. So the soil now becomes the issue. So how do we, you know, make ourselves good soil or how are we made good soil? And again, looking back at the analogy of actual farming or planting or growing things, that soil has to be worked in order for it to become good. If this was soil that was, let's say, just out there under the sun and there was a drought and there was no rain, there was no water onto that soil, it would be very hard for that soil to be able to, you know, take the seed, not to mention causing the seed to be able to germinate because the soil has not been prepared. It hasn't been conditioned in order to, you know, make it ready to receive seed. So think of that hard, dry ground. When you bring an instrument to prepare that soil, that instrument does one thing it breaks it. It has to break the soil open in order for that soil to now be worked. The ground has to be broken. So if it's a plow or a shovel or a hoe, whatever the farming instrument or implement is, it has to come in contact with that soil and break it open. It has to be broken. It has to opened up. It has to be turned in some way. Moisture has to be applied and the moisture is usually the water first. And then the soil is now turned. It's now shaken up a little bit so that it now is made conducive to receive the seed. The same thing happens with us 
as Christians prior to receiving this word of God. In order to receive this word and the word be effective in our lives, then we have to be broken, open. Something has to happen to us to turn us a little bit, to change our composition a little bit in order to make us more amenable to receive this seed. And interestingly enough, in the Psalm 51, which is the Psalm that we in Celestial Church of Christ, we recite every service to confess our sins. It's the Psalm of David. And it is the Psalm that David recited to the Lord when he had sinned and he was asking for forgiveness. And there's a part in that Psalm and in verse 16, verses 16 and 17, it reads, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. So remember how in the parable of the sower, it said the good soil, the interpretation of the parable was that the good soil are those with an honest heart. It says they have an honest and a good heart. And here in Psalm 51, the attribute that God is looking for in us that will never be rejected, that will never be turned away, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Now think of the substance of that and connect the two together. Think of who we are before we come to the realization of the magnitude of how sinful we are as human beings. Think of our state. Our state is hard because we are okay where we are. We are okay how we are. We walk in our ungodliness. We walk in the power and might of our strength, of our own wisdom. We walk in our self-righteousness and making excuses for who we are, how we are, and the things that we do, everything in us that is apart from Christ really makes us hard. Because that type of person, that type of heart, it cannot receive anything coming from the outside because it believes itself to be sufficient. It believes itself to be good. It believes itself to be right and upright. And that is why in this Psalm of David, when David was praying this Psalm to the Lord, he was a broken man. 
he had done a lot of things that displeased the Lord. And while he was doing those things, even though he had a relationship with the Lord, while he was committing those transgressions and those wrongs, he believed somewhere inside him that he was doing the right thing. And it wasn't until the word of the Lord came to him in another parable and then now told him this person, this arrogant human being that was being spoken of in the parable to which David concluded at the end of the parable and said that person should be killed because that person was wicked and evil. And the prophet Nathan said, thou art that man. And it took that for King David to now recognize the error of his ways and the magnitude of his transgression. And he was broken. It broke him. He was so sorry. He was so repentant. He was so full of sorrow unto the Lord because he realized just how much he had let the Lord down in that the Lord had been so good to him and had shown him so much favor. He was so beside himself that he could allow himself to just be so hard-hearted towards the Lord. His spirit was broken. His heart was broken and contrite. And because he allowed the word of the Lord to break him like this, that was how that word of the Lord was able to now take root in King David. And after that, King David was a changed man. He was a changed man and he was the one of whom the Lord said, he is a man after my heart. He is the one of whom the Lord said to his son, King Solomon says, your heart was not perfect like the heart of your father, David. This broken and contrite heart of King David was a heart that was after the Lord's heart. In the Lord's eyes, that heart was perfect because the very word of God was able to break the hardened heart of David and make it good soil so that the word of the Lord could now take root and germinate and produce good fruit. When we hear sermons and when we read the word of God or when the word of God comes to us, however the word of God comes to us, brethren, we have to make sure that we are allowing that word to do what the Lord intends for that word to do. When the word of the Lord comes to us to break our hardened soil, we cannot resist and remain hardened. Because if we resist and remain hardened, then that is where we fall into every category of the parable of that sower, except for the category of the good soil. What makes us good soil? is that we allow 
ourselves to be broken. We allow the word of God to break our hardness, to break our spirits, to break our hearts and make that heart contrite, make it sorrowful that we have grieved the Lord. Make it sorrowful that we have grieved the Father, that we have forsaken his love and forsaken his mercy. Because it is only then, when we are of a broken spirit and of a broken and contrite heart, that that word will now sink in to the good soil that is our broken spirit and broken and contrite heart. And then the work of the Lord will now start to happen through his word. The only way we can become good soil, good ground that produces good fruit is to first be broken soil, broken ground, ground that is tilled, turned over, worked, shaken up so that his seed, his word can take root in our hearts. Let us stop resisting what the word of the Lord is trying to do in our hearts by telling ourselves that we're good, by telling ourselves that we're okay, by telling ourselves that we're not that bad. Some of us don't like to feel sorrow. If we don't feel sorrow, then we can never be broken. We must feel sorrow, but not feeling sorry for ourselves. That's not the sorrow. Or even feeling the sorrow that the, the infliction of hurt that other people do to us. That's not the sorrow. The sorrow is sorrow of grieving God. The sorrow is the sorrow that comes with the knowledge that I have transgressed the Lord. I have not done right in his sight. My actions, my words, my spirits, the state of my heart, the desires of my heart, my thinking, my makeup, my composition, my foundation, my countenance, the way I have done life has grieved my God. That is the godly sorrow that our Heavenly Father wants us to feel because it is only when we get to that state that our spirits can now be broken. Our hearts can now be broken and contrite. And once we are there, then we are now in a perfect state for God himself through Christ Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit can now build us up. His word will now take root like the seeds in good soil and we will grow up into a bountiful harvest for the Lord that will produce good fruit, good crop, even unto a hundredfold, as the parable tells us. Let us not resist the plow of God. Let us not resist the breaking up of our hard ground because until we're broken, 
we can never be good soil. And if we're not good soil, then we can never produce the fruit that the Lord wills for us to produce. And may his Holy Spirit help us to be what he wills us to be. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.